This is a GRDC podcast. Despite having a better climate for grain production than most of mainland Australia, the average cereal yield in Tasmania is still considered to be well below its potential. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley, and in today's podcast, we'll hear about two GRDC investments that are working to address this challenge to help Tasmanian and high rainfall zone cereal growers on the mainland close the yield gap and develop new fungicide management strategies. Both areas of research are part of the Hyper Yielding Cereals Project and the project's annual field day at Hagley in northern Tasmania this year attracted grain growers from as far away as South Australia's York Peninsula. GRDC's Managing Director, Dr Steve Jeffries, was at the field day. This project is a really important project, particularly in the context of the grains industry here in Tasmania. It's really focusing on bridging the yield gap between where actual yields are at the moment of about five to seven tonnes per hectare up to what the potential is in excess of 14. That sort of transformational change in yield is what we really need as an industry going forward. The grains industry in Australia has been very successful in the last 15, 15, 20 years, growing from $6 billion to $15 billion. It's, it's been a great success story, but we can't do more of the same. We're under pressure from global competing markets in the Black Sea in particular, in Argentina. We're under cost pressure of increasing fertiliser, increasing uh, fungicide costs in labour, plant equipment costs. Uh, we're under ever-increasing regulatory pressure on recent issues around glyphosate and also fungicides as well. And so doing more of the same is not going to be good enough going forward for our grains industry. So we need to be transformational in our investments and that's part of our new RDNE plan that we've just launched back in July of this year. And there are 30 key investment targets in that uh, RDNE plan. One of the key ones in there is closing that yield gap from actual to potential. And this project here, Hyper Yielding Cereal Project, is a really important one. And identification of the right germplasm and good farming systems and good practices uh, really modelled to the environment that they can achieve economic, huge economic growth or profitability, huge yield, and close that gap between actual and, and potential. And it has broader implications on the mainland, not just here on Tasmania. There are lessons that we can learn here that can have a transformational impact on the profitability of grain growing right across Australia, particularly where there's opportunities to get into an early seeding environment where there is stored moisture, for example. This trial is split into uh, two sides, if you like, one planted at the uh, traditional sowing date, say late April, and the other maybe three weeks earlier. So that's got to be an interesting point of view for our grain growers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting point you raise about the time of seeding thing and controlling weeds on time, application of fertiliser and fungicides exactly on time is what drives productivity and drives profitability. So that time of seeding thing, that is one of the major things here. It's, it's shifting that to earlier where the opportunity, particularly here in Tasmania, is to plant earlier. So we're seeing early April planting as a real option and really kicking some big goals. Earlier you mentioned the importance of the germplasm and in this trial we've got germplasm that's probably more at home in Europe than in Australia, especially on the mainland. That's absolutely right. The length of the growing season is similar to the length of the growing season in, say, the drier parts, let's say, of France or, or the UK. If you have a longer growing season, you can achieve much higher yields, but you need the germplasm to fit it. So it's no good having a long growing season if you plant in May and your varieties finish in or, or, or flower in September. You want to be able to capture the maximum growing window. So 
this team here is bringing germplasm in from Europe that has been bred for that long wide window of opportunity that does occur here and from time to time can occur in some parts of the mainland in Australia. So winter wheats for example and they're looking at winter barleys here uh, as well. Uh, and then long season, you know, we're, we're, we're doing long season springs and, and fast winters on the mainland, but the longer, really long season winters here in Tasmania seem to be the right fit. Part of the solution here to bridging that yield gap is finding what the phenology or what the flowering time window is optimum for that environment. And that environment can change because the, the planting window opportunity, particularly on the mainland, Sometimes it doesn't rain until June, <laughs> so you have to be able to adapt. Sometimes they can get an early break and you've got a full profile of water on, on say, on the central New South Wales, for example, and you can change your whole farming system with that, but it's, it's about being able to optimise it and capture that opportunity when you can. One of the other things you touched on was the importance of fungicide applications. And uh, here at the Field Days, fungicide resistance is, is one of the um, topics that will be covered as well. And how big a challenge is fungicide resistance to the industry? Fungicide resistance uh, is, a, is a serious issue, particularly the high input farming. Now we, we invest a lot of resources, of levy payer resources and federal government resources on, on improved genetics for disease resistance and that is our default position. We would like a low cost input system where the package of disease comes in the seed or disease protection comes in the seed but the pathotypes are evolving and the disease pressure in high input farming systems, particularly in the high rainfall, is really difficult to be able to keep in front of that from a genetics point of view. So the pressure then comes on fungicides and optimum use of fungicides to achieve in this sort of environment, long season environment, to achieve those 12 plus tonnes is regular applications of fungicide. But if we're doing that and we're not doing it in a well thought out way, we will evolve resistance to fungicides just as we have Australia as the leader in developing herbicide resistant ryegrass. We did the same thing. Continual pressure of herbicides puts pressure on the populations of the weeds to evolve resistance. It's exactly the same with fungi growing on plants. If we continually use the same chemistry, we will evolve resistance in the pathogens to the fungicide and then that fungicide is ineffective. So already here in Tasmania, I understand there are at least two diseases that have evolved resistance to fungicide here in Tasmania already. So even though it's almost a new production environment, that's already happening. So we have to be extremely diligent at being able to manage that going forward. And there's an investment here with uh, the Centre of Crop Disease Management with partnership between GRDC and Curtin University where they're providing tools to be able to understand what pathotypes you've got, what level of resistance they have in that pathotype and also to provide tools on how you can best manage and protect the chemistry that you're using now. So it's an important investment uh, that we probably need to do more. And there's the research aspect to that but also there's the regulation side of the industry as well. Is that a, a constant juggle? The regulatory environment in Europe is changing so fast. The pressure on herbicides and the pressure on fungicides um, is becoming uh, a real constraint to our ability to drive productivity and profitability of grain farming. So we have to be able to, one, help look after those chemistries, develop chemistries that are safer and more socially acceptable, and or develop alternative 
methods for controls. For example, weed control using robotics or, or microwave is some of the investments we're looking at. We're looking at ways of, of essentially competitive crops to essentially reduce the pressure on herbicides. And in fungicides, it's disease, it's a disease resistance in crops. You know, can we do a bigger, better, harder, faster so that they can keep ahead of the disease resistance? Is there other management practices that reduce the pressure on the fungicide? So, we have to look after the chemistry, we have to look at new chemistry and we have to look at alternative modes of things to the chemistry to keep ahead of what is becoming a tighter and tighter regulatory environment under social pressure really. There's a good turnout from growers and industry people at this field day but what would you hope grain growers in particular would, would take home from here? While we're talking here about regulatory environment and the pressures of com competition from overseas, really it's the grain growers can come here and they see that they're, they're producing five, seven tonnes uh, per hectare on their farms and they can see here people producing 14, 15 tonnes per hectare with really strong profitability driving that, so not a huge extra cost to their businesses go away really excited and, and ask questions. How can I use these things on my farm? So they'll go back and talk to their agronomist and, and learn more about how to do it. What's the equation to make it happen? Your contract as managing director has nearly run its course. So looking back over it, are you happy with how things have gone? When I came into it, I had looked at GRDC from the outside and, and what I learned was GRDC was extremely valued by the stakeholders, uh, grain growers, research partners, the broader industry. In fact, its, it's level of influence um, is probably stronger than anybody else in the grains industry. It was one of the reasons that I actually put my hand up for this job was that I wanted to make an impact on the Australian grains industry and I couldn't see anywhere that I could make a bigger impact. However, GRDC was at a point where it needed to transform and I guess after spending some initial time in the extent of that transformation to be able to get ourselves ready for the next two, three, four decades uh, of needs of grain growers uh, was probably bigger than what we expected. So there's been a lot more change probably than, than we anticipated uh, that we've had to drive and to that extent the speed of where we've got to in terms of being ready to really hit impact and hit transformational changes is, I, I could argue, six to nine months uh, probably behind where I would have liked to have been when I first started. So when, it, when you say I'm only six months away from the end of my three-year contract, which is a standard contract for senior managers in GRDC, uh, there's more work to be done. GRDC's Managing Director, Dr Steve Jeffries. The hyper-yielding cereals project is being run by Far Australia with ground support from Grower Group Southern Farming Systems. For more information on this and other GRDC investments, visit grdc.com.au. I'm Tony Crowley and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast.